Hey, it's Greg. Thanks for checking out Toronto Today for Wednesday, the 12th of October. Daniel Smith's the new interim premier of Alberta stepping in. Jason Kenney had lost confidence of his party and his uh, teammates, if you will. So Daniel Smith wins um, an internal election among the UCP. She'll have a general election to attempt to win in May. She made a statement about those who are unvaccinated. And some people are absolutely full bore supporting it. Some people are criticizing it. And some people are quite up the middle, not knowing if they should support or criticize it. So let's have a real conversation about it right now on Toronto Today. Alberta has a new premier. For the time being, she is Danielle Smith. She's raised the ire of uh, of many, I don't know how to put it, on the, I guess more on the the left uh, than the right. Um, she leans right, that's for sure. And uh, she had a media availability yesterday as premier of Alberta. I'm seeing this happen more often than not. And I can disagree on policy. There's many things that I'd probably sit down with Daniel Smith about and go, I'm not sure that I would do this, but you're going to and you're duly elected. I keep hearing about the, uh, you know, blow up of democracy. Democracy is at risk if we vote for this person in democratic fashion and we all get a vote i don't understand so that happened in italy uh with a uh, a new prime minister there that has happened several different times people are concerned about the u.s election which let's face it somebody's going to complain after the midterms don't know who but somebody will and in alberta they uh duly elected um in you know obviously to replace jason kenney in the ucp leadership race uh, Daniel Smith, she got 54% support from the party. One of her big promises in her campaign is something called the Alberta Human Rights Act. And the act, I looked at it a bit over the weekend. It gets a few things right and a few things wrong. But people often don't like comparisons. And people often play um, what I call whataboutism games. Two things I can't stand right now. Whataboutisms and uh, presentism. As in, you need to understand that people 100 years ago... Uh, had to be held to the same standard as us here in 2022. And why didn't they know that? Well, give me a break. Um, The Alberta Human Rights Act, though, issues a promise, in essence, to protect unvaccinated people. Now, I think there's different kinds of unvaccinated people. There were the people running around at the start of 2021 screaming about what they thought was, you know, a conspiracy screaming about why they wouldn't get the vaccine at a given time. And uh, yesterday, I'm going to link this to something that has transpired in European uh, in the European Union Parliament with regard to testimony from uh, one of Pfizer's presidents yesterday. A lot of people are making a big deal of it. It's not everything. It's not nothing. So that means it's something. And I'll get there in a sec. But Daniel Smith talked about the discrimination that people who chose not to get vaccinated have faced. And there's different levels of it. This takes this conversation takes maturity and it takes nuance. So uh, strap it in. Let's get the big boy and girl pants on. And let's listen to what she said yesterday. Community that faced the most restrictions on their freedoms in the last year were those who made a choice not to be vaccinated. I don't think I've ever experienced a situation in my lifetime where a person was fired from their job or not allowed to watch their kids play hockey or not allowed to go visit a loved one in long-term care or hospital or not allowed to go get on a plane to either go across the country to see family. 
family or even travel across the border. So they have been the most discriminated against group that I've ever witnessed in my lifetime. That's a pretty extreme level of discrimination that we have seen. I don't take away any of the discrimination that I've seen in those other groups. That, but this has been an extraordinary time in the last uh, year in particular. And I want people to know that I find that unacceptable, that we are not going to create a segregated society on the basis of a, of a medical choice. You might remember that. Doug Ford said that he didn't want to split society, and he said it in the summer of 2021 when we were debating the concept of vaccine passports. And I'm going to get there in just a minute. I promise I'm going to let you finish. I'm going to get there in just a minute. Smith said we have to treat COVID-19 more like influenza. Well, many doctors that I respect are saying, for the most part, though there will always be outlier cases, this is very similar to a heavy flu right now. This is similar to flu season, both in terms of the impact right now on hospitals uh, COVID is having and as well what the vaccinations do indeed prevent. You can make the case there's a severe illness protection for more vulnerable people the vaccines provide. What you can't make the case for anymore is the idea that it reduces infection. And the debate is going to be, well, did they in the first six, seven months? That's that gray area. There's nothing black and white. There's nothing set in stone about how people feel about that. And there's certainly nothing universal about how people are going to feel about that. Jason Kenny said this on uh, Sunday. He uh, did a chat with our own Mercedes Stevenson on the television side on the West Block. And he was asked if he thought a Smith-led UCP could win the general election in May. Here's what he said. And by the way, Jason Kenny has this exactly right. Sorry if that uh, ruffles your feathers or triggers you. A conservative party focused on the ordinary citizens of regular people could. However, Kenny says, a conservative party or government focused on a campaign of recrimination over COVID, politicizing science, entertaining conspiracy theories, campaigning with QAnon is a party that can't foreign government and shouldn't. And he's right about that. Smith has forks in the road that she's going to have to decide how to go. I'm okay with her saying what she did yesterday. We did discriminate against unvaccinated people. I don't know whether you go as far as to make historical comparisons. People will say, what about this group? What about that group? What about this here? What we do here? But you can't make the case that we didn't coerce people to get the shot so they could participate in society with the rest of us. I don't think that can be argued. Now, regarding what happened in Europe, and people say, you better talk about this. I'm like, why wouldn't I? This is a legitimate body, the European Union. You wouldn't believe the emails I get. You wouldn't believe the messages I get. You wouldn't believe the links I get. And a lot of the time I'll look and I'll say, that's got no substance to it. That's not worthy. That needs sourcing. That sounds like a conspiracy theory. So I'm cautious about this. I'm cautious. I do the work. I put the time in. But the European Union is looking at their COVID-19 response, something Nate Erskine-Smith, liberal MP in Canada, said yesterday he wants us to do. I welcome that. I want to know what we got right also. What are the things we really did well to prevent death? What are the things we really did well to prevent severity of illness? Yesterday, Janine Small, who is a Pfizer president, she's the president of International Developed Markets, answered a question from a Dutch politician and a current member of the European Union, Rob Roos. And she was asked if the vaccine for Pfizer had ever been tested when it came when it came to preventing transmission of COVID. And this was yesterday. And here's what she said. Regarding the question around, um, did we know about stopping humanization before um, it's entered the market? 
No. Uh, these, um, you know, we had to really move at the speed of science to really understand what is taking place in the market. Let me sum up what's happening at this European session right now. States are in big trouble. The European countries, I should say, member states, if you will, are in big trouble financially. They're going to walk into the worst energy crisis in decades in two or three months. Some of that's their own financial management. Some of that is spending on COVID-19 mitigating factors. Some of that's buying the vaccines. Some of that is Russia, Ukraine. Some of that is oil prices. So the EU is putting Pfizer on the spot for deciding and delineating whether or not there are public health policies that were more harmful than good, that hurt the economy more than helped the economy. I mean, what do you think at the end of the day? They have to be responsible for their own decisions. I don't want Pfizer on the mat for decisions governments made. I don't want that in the least. But when you hear that comment from, uh, you know, Janine Small, my thought is this. The entire and complete basis for vaccine passports, for work, for educating, for education, for traveling, for going to a ball game, for your kid playing sports, the entire basis was predicated on the vaccine halting transmission. It was. There's no other way to describe it. And so we have to come to terms with Pfizer's, CEO, uh, Pfizer's president saying right now there was an element of we didn't know, but we had to hustle. And I respect that they had to hustle. The goal was to prevent deaths. The goal was to, be- to prevent severe outcomes. And there still is a strong argument to make the vaccine did that. I'm as pro-vaccine as it gets. But we made a mistake on passports and we made a mistake on mandates and we're still making some mistakes with them. So if we're dealing in the present and we're talking about the here and now, particularly at, at universities, particularly making people go into residence and take this because it's because the vaccine's going to halt transmission. Doesn't look like that right now. There's no data that would back that. So are we going to have important conversations about this? Are we going to do what Daniel Smith did, whether you agree with some of her politics or not? whether she's destined to be premier for the next 10 years or to fall flat on her face next May. She raises the interesting point that we're going to have to start reckoning with the decisions we make and make sure we're not still making them and make sure we're not going to make them deep into the future should this happen again. Shiba Siddiqui joins me right now. You know, I sent you that Daniel Smith thing yesterday and wanted to know what you thought of it when when you gave it some time last night. Okay, so I initially heard it, and I remember how I personally treated my, I'm thinking of one unvaccinated friend in general, uh, specifically. Mm. She was excluded from everything. So I understand, to a degree, where Danielle Smith is coming from, right? We, they were banned. I mean, in terms of, you know, eating at restaurants, leaving the country, playing sports, going to a hockey game, going to see your kids play, right? It's because of the a medical decision that you decided to make, you were excluded from society to such a severe degree, which I've never seen happen in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, so I understand that. But to say they're the most discriminated against group that you've ever witnessed in your lifetime, um, I think that's a lot of privilege to say that. I wouldn't, I, I, I wouldn't agree with that necessarily. And both can be true. We, it was abhorrent how we treated the unvaccinated. It was horrible. That's something that's going to go down in history. Uh, our kids are going to remember this, being excluded from playing their favorite sport. Yeah. But it's a lot of privilege uh, to be able to say that's the most discriminated group you've ever come across. I mean, there's religion, race, sexual orientation, disability. Uh, these are all... This, uh, 
Yeah, it's quite, it's quite a grand statement. It, much- it, it's quite a grand statement when we used to, you know, 10, 12 years ago, prevent people from getting married who happened to be the same sex. Like, like I mean, a decade, yes. 15 years ago, Barack Obama was against gay marriage when he ran for the Democratic nomination. I know that feels like 30 years ago. It was 14. I know that it was very hard for unvaccinated people to say the least, to say the least. And me personally, in my own life, I am so ashamed of how I treated my unvaccinated. I mean, I wasn't rude or mean, but I excluded you based on what I was being told. And I was trying to do my best in the beginning. And then when I went the other way and said, you know what, I'm socializing with everybody and anybody. I was excluded from other groups who said, well, you know, you you spent time with so-and-so and I just need to take care of my parents. What? So I don't need to take care of my parents. So what we did was horrible. And I think for a lot of us, we did what we thought was best because we were following science. We were following experts. Uh, but to say it's the most discriminated group in the history that you've ever come across. It's a statement, all right. That's a, a little extreme, a, Danielle. It's a little extreme. It's a, it's, you, you could have you left that part out and simply focused on what we did to the unvaccinated in this country. Yeah. And it, it is a very strange thing. Um, and I think we've realized again, and, and we sure realized it on our show, Everybody has everybody has to use critical thinking here. Everybody has to remember we're very infallible creatures, humans. We'll get a ton of crap wrong and then we adjust. We were just talking about that last night. What are lessons kids should learn at we're, our, our, a bunch of soccer parents and I? What are ki- what are lessons kids should know at 14? We got to double back and go when we were 14. What did we know and what did we not know? Um, and listen, uh, early days, getting vaccinated reduced the probability of of getting COVID. That was what we and that's a big reason why we did it. And we wanted to be around like minded people. We wanted to be around people that made the same decisions that we did. And I think we're I think we're creatures of habit that do that anyway. Right. I think we I think we've yeah. always been um, been like that. And as I said, for you with your dad or me with my parents, if they had no vaccines right now. I'd be I'd be pretty angry with my mom and dad. We'd have had a lot of hard conversations where they're like, nope, 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 not touching that stuff. No way. Because I wanted the burden on the health services to be lessened. I wanted our healthcare workers to have some air to breathe. And I do. Uh, you'll never talk me out of the vaccines having done that. Um, but when it came to preventing the spread directly. That's it. Yeah. Holy Moses. Um, we, we're, we're anybody making the case now that that's been happening in the Omicron era isn't looking at any numbers of any significant. This is just simple math. And you're right. People were vilified, lost friends, uh, emotionally abused. People lost. Yes. People lost their jobs. And yes, people have had injuries from from the vaccines. They have. And. This is something that if we don't start talking about and having honest conversations, how do we get this right? How do we how do we make things right that may have been wrong? And I again, I couldn't be I would if you said, hey, you're a, you take the three vaccines out of your set. No way. I'm I know how I felt when I got them. I was proud that I got them. I was relieved to get them. And I will never, ever, ever change my opinion about that. Greg, you need to apply to be Danielle Smith's speechwriter. <laughs> See, if she had just said it that way. There would be less controversy, but I, uh, I, I don't, I don't agree that it's the most discriminated group in the history of history. Uh, but what we did was absolutely horrible. Yeah. Well, fair, fair play uh, to uh, you know to to us for uh, uh, you know not patting ourselves on the back for talking about it. The goal was, hey, we want hospital beds, we want less beds taken up by unvaccinated people. I do think some people were downright and outright selfish about their decisions, but we are in a much much different universe right now, and we have been for a bunch of months.